What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Run Happy Podcast. I'm Baxter Friedman. And I'm Charlie Rook, and this is a podcast for people that want to improve themselves as runners as well as people, and always run happy. Let's get into it. All right, what's up, everyone, and welcome to, I think, episode 25 now. Is it 25? Something like, Something like that. 25 <laughs> of uh, the Run Happy Podcast, and today we are here with Aaron Davidson. How are you doing, man? Doing well. Thanks for having me on, guys. Of course. Yeah, of course, man. I'm glad we got to do this. So uh, Baxter tells me that you guys are up in Flagstaff right now. So uh, what do you, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about uh, what you guys are doing up there? Yeah, so um, I, after finishing up college in 2022, I moved up here a few months later just because, you know, I want to run professionally. That's my dream and kind of, you know, have to be at altitude for that pretty much. Um, And don't have to, but obviously it helps. Um, And I've been to Boulder before, so I figured to, you know, try out a new place. So I decided to go to the other big altitude spot in the U.S. And uh, yeah, I'm coming up on a year I've been living and training here and just pursuing the pro runner grind heck yeah yeah and like it's really interesting because we uh you went to cornell uni- or no, cornell college correct yeah all right so uh and there like that's a it's a d3 school and like you you did pretty well over there but you really like it seemed like as soon as you got out like you went nuts in the marathon so like can you tell us like how all of that like all of that happened yeah so I mean, dating all the way back to high school, I was always better at, you know, longer and longer distances. So I like, I always knew that, you know, post-college, the marathon was going to call my name and that I would be, you know, better at that than 5k, 10k. And that's, I mean, like you said, with how pretty much immediately after leaving college, uh, my marathon was instantly like way better than I had done. And Honestly, my PRs have not reflected my fitness for kind of a while. I just, uh, in track especially, I just had every season kind of go badly for one reason or another. Um, Yeah, sickness, COVID, mental health. It it was just one thing after another every season. And so when I got out and got to switch over and focus on the marathon, I was immediately just like, I don't know, it was like rejuvenating. It was like fountain of youth. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. So, one, you tell us a little bit about. Obviously, you went through a lot in college with, uh, it sounds like injuries and illness and um, mental health stuff. So, you know, what kept you motivated to keep going um, through college and to keep up with your running? Honestly, I think the biggest motivator has just been how much I've gotten out of running, and. You know, during college, at certain points, you know, I didn't know if I wanted to keep, you know, pushing at a high, like, competitive level for running. Uh, but I, I don't know. I just kind of kept circling back to it and uh, felt like I was getting a lot out of running, even when I wasn't fully engaged. And I don't know. By the time I got to, like, my senior year, I was thinking, you know, even if the pro running dream doesn't work out, I still just want to stay really involved with the sport somehow, you know, with could do like coaching or become a, you know, uh, agent or manager could end up like, you know, managing a running store, maybe like designing shoes for a brand, you know, something, something else, which I mean, that still might be in the cards goal right now is pursuing the pro status, but, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Just, just having the love for the sport really is what kept you in it. Yeah. That's that's cool. Uh, and so with like you saying you want to go pro and everything, and like you know you've done so so uh well in the marathon. Like you ran a four sixteen. Uh, was that in June? Is that when that happened or two sixteen? Or wait, sorry, wait, what did I say? Four, <laughs> sorry, two sixteen, two sixteen. My bad. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I'm trying to go pro with a four hour marathon. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, sorry with the with a two sixteen, um, and you did that in June. Is that right? Yeah. So yeah. um. When I finished up college in spring 22, I did one extra semester to like wrap up eligibility and then did my first marathon in January of 2023 in Houston and ran 221 and then moved to Flagstaff after that, had a few months of training up here and then headed to the Grandma's Marathon in June and 
he got ran 216. It was a five and a half minute PR. Dang. Wow. I mean, you know, that is, that, that's really impressive. I mean, we, can you talk, kind of talk us through that, like that training cycle a little bit, or maybe the mentality going in, you know, did you expect to run that fast? You know, how are workouts going? You know, what was kind of the mindset going into that race? Yeah. So while training for the first one, my workouts pretty consistently indicated that on a perfect day, I could run like 215, 214. But, you know, I had never run the marathon before and it is a beast. And I, you know, I showed up at Houston really not knowing what to expect. I was not in the elite field, so I didn't have any bottles of my own. Um, Carried some gels on my person, but you know, didn't really know how and when to take them or how to tell when I should take them. And I really did not fuel enough. Um, one kind stranger was sharing his bottles with me, but they were just like water and a little bit of electrolytes. Wasn't anything like high calorie. So I was not in an optimal you know, position at all. And I went out, I think I went through the halfway point around like 215.40 or 215.50 pace. And blew up uh ran like a sorry like a seven minute positive split in the second half um Mm -hmm. and yeah 221 but you know I came off of that thinking like wow I you know I know if I just knew how to run the marathon better I could have gotten the OTQ that day and so yeah then came up here and just focused on getting way fitter was training super consistently at like 110, 120 miles a week. Um, Tried a couple of new things with my training, just, you know, because it was a good time to experiment, you know, test some new things, see what works and what doesn't for me. And yeah, then by the time that next marathon came around, I was just world's fitter. And I felt like going into grandma's, I was physically capable of going after like 211, 212 territory. But you know, knowing how bad I had blown up at Houston, my thought was, I don't want to take any risks. Only priority is getting that OTQ. And, you know, then I have like, I free up the fall, I can jump in races, do whatever kind of training I want. Um, You know, don't have any pressure. And so, yeah, ran with the pace group that was going for about like mid 216s. And just hung with them for a long time. And then at 20 miles kind of dropped the hammer, pulled away. And yeah, that was, that was it. I mean, the, also the last few miles of that last like 5k was amazing. Cause you know, with like 5k to go, I just knew in my head, I'm like, I've got this, like I've got it in the bag. I could run six minutes a month. I could slow down to six minute miles for the remainder and I'd still get the mark. Like, and there's a few pictures throughout that final stretch where I'm like, I'm like half grimacing in pain and half smiling. Like, it, like I'm like going back and forth between grimacing and smiling. It was, yeah. it was fun. That's awesome. Like, uh, and you said like whenever you were training for the, the grand Mall's marathon, you were, you know, trying to change up your training a little bit, experimenting, like what kind of stuff were you, you know, changing and try, uh, trying out? Yeah. So, uh, two big things. One is that was my first season consistently doing double threshold workouts, um, which, you know, is the talk of the town. Now everybody is all about double threshold. And, um, I definitely got a lot out of it. That was like, you know, paid a lot of dividends for my fitness. Um, I was also trying out the six day week. So stacking all of my mileage every week in six days, and having a full off day every week and because yeah there's there's a good number of like big name pros and training groups that do that um namely all the like BYU grad uh groups you know Connor Mance Clayton Young like everyone at iStone coaches they all do that um a lot of the NAU guys here do that as well and yeah I gave that a try and most of those weeks leading up to grandma's were six day weeks and I think it was effective, but not quite as effective, like as it could have been for me. So for the most part, I've been back on seven day weeks uh, since then, but I'll like take six day weeks here and there just to like, you know, schedule an off day, really focus on recovery on one day. Um, My usually do every second or every third week I'll do six days. That's good. Yeah. So is that kind of like, 
you know, do you plan a down week almost, or is it just you stack, uh, you stack high for six days and then just kind of take that day off? Uh, yeah, exactly. That's um, it's not so much a down week because like the single day density, you know, is like That's the true. same or even higher. Yeah. Um, so like if I'm doing a six day week right after a seven day week, I might not. I don't really strain to try and hit like the same you know total amount of mileage like uh in the fall i've had like some 115 mile six day weeks followed you know following right after uh 130 mile or 135 mile like seven day weeks so right. yeah i won't necessarily like strain trying to get that same total in six days but i'll keep yeah the single day like you know my total volume per day very similar that's interesting so i want to ask you, you know, you just talked a lot about doing high mileage and consistently running, you know, 120, 130 mile weeks, you know, so are you doing anything crazy to recover from those? Or are you just kind of like, you know, sleep roll, you know, what, what sort of stuff are you doing to recover? Uh, so I've always been pretty just like naturally injury resistant. And what's funny is, yeah, you hear, you know, you need to sleep enough to recover. But for whatever reason, most of my life, I have had a hard time sleeping more than like seven hours like I sleep super deeply so I'll get like full rest in six or seven hours most nights and a couple of my roommates you know always like kind of hassle me about it They're like dude you need to get more sleep for your training I'm like, I can't <laughs> like I'm I try and I, I it doesn't work like I try I schedule myself a good eight nine hours to sleep and I wake up after seven hours and can't fall back asleep like but um that's really now as far as anything extra though i just try to you know keep up on my nutrition make sure i'm getting enough rest because you know try to like you know feel it out by like sleep um yeah active stretching this past season uh like starting in the fall i started doing like really like a really um structured like strength training regimen for the first time uh i during that time I met and started working with a uh, prominent strength coach in Flagstaff and he's still fairly unknown in the wider running world, but all the best runners in flag are going to him. Um, and yeah, he's been, he's definitely helped me make a lot of progress and, you know, round out a lot of my weaknesses. Like, well, that's really interesting. So like whenever you uh, are going to go work out with him, what is, what certain like things is, you don't have to go like into extreme detail because I'm sure he mm -hmm. wants to keep that uh, classified. But you know, like, <laughs> what kind of what kind of stuff uh, are y'all doing that like you know is helping you know round out your weaknesses? Um. So when I say strength work, you know, people are people kind of automatically assume lifting, but it's really like not typical lifting. It's a lot of like uh, a lot of body weight, mobility, resistance based stuff, um, and very few like traditional exercises that I would know to do by myself, but a lot of like really kind of like super specific, really like targeted stuff that hits really specific muscle groups. And uh, yeah, it's just like definitely activates the muscles in a way that you normally don't from just like, you know, running normally. And yeah, it's, that, uh, he's also just super knowledgeable about like all kinds of muscle nerves pt stuff and yeah definitely just does a lot right that makes sense yeah i think um i mean i would agree i think you know we never really did any strength work in high school um and coming into college we've done a bit more and you know i'm not gonna say it's done like you know it's like once maybe twice a week but i do feel like you know it's definitely helped out a lot how often do you um how often do you go do that uh, twice a week. Yeah, twice a week. Do you feel like, yeah, do you feel mm -hmm. like that's pretty important in, like, um, you know, developing as a runner? Like, making sure you're getting in that strength work like that? Yeah, I think it's definitely helped. I think it's helped a lot toward my, like, injury prevention as well. Because, mm -hmm. like I mentioned before, I've always been just naturally really injury resistant. But um, this past year, you know, when cranking up my volume, I've come closer to, you know, having bad injuries than ever before. Uh, but then ever since working with uh, that with that guy it's um like zero brush with injury have had no issues um occasionally i'll have like a joint or muscle get you know kind of inflamed but 
he also does really good like PT and body work and he'll, you know, like come in for my strength session, say, um, be like, Hey, this one spot, uh, kind of on the inside of my right knee was bugging me. And he's like, all right, let's work on it. And they'll do some corrective work on it. And like, I'll say like probably two, three minutes of corrective work and it's fine. Like zero issue. Magician. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah, really cool. Um, yeah. So you know, going into uh, like your Olympic time trial or Olympic, uh, actually, what, what is it? Would it be a time trial or uh, for the marathon? Is that what you call it? Uh, Olympic trials. Olympic trials. That makes so much more sense. Uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so going into the Olympic trials for the marathon, like, what are you looking to do? Like, what's your what's your goal? Do you have any like like any plans for it? Yeah. Um. So coming into this block, my goal was to look at a top ten finish, because uh, I figured that would really you know, put me on the map in a lot of way, get me into um, like sponsorship conversations. But um, unfortunately, these last few workouts, I've kind of had to face reality that the fitness just isn't quite at that level. Um, yeah, I trained really hard this block, like trained really aggressively, trying to break through that barrier, but uh, not in the cards. So I'm to some extent, I'm kind of just throwing that goal out the window. And just gonna go out you know do the best I can try to execute really smart um I think the fitness is still there to run like even in the heat and humidity in Florida I think the fitness is there to run like 211 maybe just under on a really good day so you know if I can do that I mean that should still open up those sponsorship conversations and could end up getting a top 10 finish anyway so yeah, I'm kind of, I'm not really thinking about concrete goals so much. It's just go out, execute and, you know, have a, have a good time with it. Enjoy my, enjoy my first Olympic trials. Yeah, no, yeah, go ahead and enjoy it. But uh, I was going to say you, like, I, I believe it's better to have like one of those, like, just go out and run hard and give it the best effort that you can do. I think that that helps uh, everyone just enjoy the race and, you know, push as hard as they can. But if you don't mind me asking, like you said that, you know, you don't think that being a top 10 uh, finisher is like in the cards right now because of how training's been looking like, why, like, why are you, uh, why are you saying that? Uh, mainly looking at how, you know, effort levels are correlating certain splits and workouts. Um, you know, even up here on a bad day, you know, I need to be able to, you know, clip like. 450 to five flat pace for threshold workouts. And I'm just, you know, not getting under five flat, like even on good days. Uh, I'm a little bit here and there. I'll, you know, start getting into the 450s on some of my like, you know, shorter, faster work. But yeah, for like the thresh stuff, the like half marathon and marathon pace effort. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm not seeing, you know, the splits that are there. And Obviously, you know, to some extent, it's like I will always I'll caution against that, because if you think like, oh, these splits mean I can run this, then, you know, you're just going to set barriers for yourself. Um, so I'm not like I'm trying not to fall into that trap, but to at the same time, you know, be realistic about where I am. And I also and another thing, you know, I don't want to compare myself to other people too much. But, you know, I am watching the training of the other people who are, you know, going to be in that front group. And, yeah, the same effort workouts, they're running 10, 15, 20 seconds faster a mile than me. And, you know, it's like, well, I feel like they're fit enough to run that 210, 211 in those conditions any day, whereas I'm fit enough to run that on, like, a really good day. So, you know. Like I said, just going to go out and try to just try to execute as best I can and, you know, make the most of it. Yeah, I like I like how you talk about that balance. My coach, like he, our coach here said to us a couple times, or at least he said it to me. Um, he was trying to like, he was trying to psych me up before this race. And um, I think he said, bet on yourself. Um, but then he said, but before you do that, I'm not saying go out with the front guys <laughs> and just scream. Uh, I'm betting on myself as you pass me. So yeah, I like that a lot. Um, you know, you, because you don't want to box yourself in, but you also yeah do need to like you know it's good to be realistic just in, in uh, every form of the word. But I mean yeah, who knows? Like it might be one of those situations where you go out and the heat affects a lot of other people, and you know it doesn't affect you as much as you think. 
and um, mm-hmm. you know, it turns into a really good day. But yeah, execution is always the most important factor, and it's your first Olympic trial, so that we yeah. that should be a lot of fun, uh, regardless. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, switching topics a little bit, I want to talk about one thing, um, especially in the marathon distance. We've I've heard a lot recently of, um, or not even just recently, I've just heard a lot of athletes have almost like a mantra that maybe they say in their head over and over again you know, on these longer races or even on longer workouts through training. Um, I don't know if it differs for you, but, you know, do you have any of those? And if so, you know, how, how'd you get those? Uh, so, I mean, not like super specifically, there's nothing I hang on to like really, really closely, but um, something that I found myself thinking a lot at the grandma's marathon that I really hadn't thought about like in training or on long runs very much was to just smile. And cause you know, you, you've probably you know heard and seen like the interviews with Kipchoge and whatnot saying about how if he smiles while running, he's more relaxed and it comes easier. And, um, you know, not to be every other guy who takes inspiration from you know, Kipchoge, but, uh, you know, he's, you know, the goat for a reason. And, yeah, at grandma's, you know, when I started getting tired and just like, you know, fatigued from the mileage, I kept telling myself, I'm like, just smile, like, just stay happy, you know, keep a, keep a smile on your face and, you know, have fun, just let the miles come. And uh, I found out from like reading other people's race recaps and whatnot, that a, quite a few other people in my pace group were all thinking the exact same thing. And we're all telling themselves really just cool. to smile. <laughs> and, um. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's simple, but there's definitely something to it. Um, as as far as any other like mantra, uh, one quote that's been sticking with me recently, I read from uh, Henry Rona. Who, do you guys know who he is? I I have not heard of him. Um, I don't either. He was a Kenyan runner, active primarily active in the '70s, and he, in one season broke the world records in the 5k 10k 3k and steeplechase My goodness. and he had a quote uh that i read in a book that included him uh not long ago where he said i don't train to um i don't train to absorb the pain i train to break the pain interesting i like interesting. that quote yeah that's a good quote yeah mm-hmm. and um, so, so that's what you try to implement in your running yeah you know i mean i also I don't know. It's a weird balance because marathon training does not involve, you know, going into the pain well super often the way like 3K to 10K training does. Um, But, you know, it's still, it can't be like easy. You know, you still got to be, you know, giving it a good push. And if you don't have, you know, any days that hurt throughout your training, then you can't do very well on race day because if you haven't trained to hurt, then you're not going to be able to hurt. No, yeah. I completely uh, agree with that. Yeah. And um, I I would like to kind of change subjects uh, going a little bit like back uh, to your high, high school slash college days. Uh, you, so you you ran at Cornell College uh, and it's like a D3 school. And is it is it Minnesota uh, or Michigan? Uh, close. Iowa. Iowa. OK. Sorry about that. Uh, but yeah, you ran in Cornell College and you um like your PR for the 5k there was a 1520 uh, somewhere around there. And is that uh, right? 1514. 1514. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, 1514. <laughs> and, and like now you're running like um, three miles uh, or you're running 26 miles and every three case or every three mile split is like a 1534. So like you are basically match or you're like 20 seconds off of your, college PR in the 5k, uh, which is just actually crazy. Like, um, how did your college days, like, how did that transfer from like those times to marathon? Um, so yeah, also with my 5k PR being, uh, 1514, I, there were several points in college where I was significantly fitter than that. And just was not able to show it, you know, um, part of that is because during my time there, my team was in a really like transitionary period trying to, you know, build a lot of blocks to like, you know, be a better program going forward. And so the opportunity to get into like 
you know, faster meets with fields that could really push me to high level times was not really there. I, um, in cross country, we could, you know, get into some pretty sweet meets sometimes, but in drag, not so much. And, you know, that's kind of telling because while my 5k PR was 1514, my, uh, during cross country at one point I split 15 flat and route to an 8k. Um, oh, wow. huh. so <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't want to be that guy that like makes excuses for every PR. It's like, oh, well, you know, I could have run faster, but like, um, but you know, it's, yeah, that's just how it plays out sometimes. And just got to, you know, do the best you can with the cards you're dealt. Um, during my first season of marathon training, so like a few months after I wrapped up my college track career, I split um, in a workout uh, 14 to 24 at one point for 5k which um so yeah like post-college you know when I really ramped up the mileage my 5k 10k fitness got a lot better and um yeah I just I haven't been you know in a 5k in a long time now so uh but now after the trials this year I'm planning to go after a track season and get into some 5ks and 10ks at some big meets and the 5k goal time for the year is to break 1330 so oh wow big goal yeah the official pr translation i think would be pretty funny Uh, i was just thinking that i was like yeah the field uh sees this guy entered in with 15 14 and uh yeah yeah, obviously wouldn't be entered in with that but like they'd be like is that a pr for you well technically yeah uh, uh, well honestly it would be even funnier though um my 10k PR, I only raced, uh, I think three or four 10ks throughout all of college and they were at conference and my, my conference was, you know, not very, uh, distance heavy. Uh, and my 10 official 10k PR is 3402. Wow. <laughs> and wow. so my hope this year is to get entered into a big 10k you know, something that's seat, that's paced for like, you know, 28, 30, 28 flat, something like that. And, you know, you'll see everybody's PRs, you know, like 2750, 2810, 28 flat, 3402. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that would just be a great, like real life trolling of, you know, the running world. <laughs> yeah. Would... yeah, man, that would be really fun. Everyone would be like really confused. Yeah. Like, like you get, um, do um, you, you know what no context track is track and field yep yeah i feel like that yeah I, I know the guy that would uh that would definitely get on there oh yeah wait you, did you say you know the guy yeah really wait would you like is, like is that i mean i don't is that uh any way interesting to to know who that is or like who who is he so i don't actually know like how public the knowledge of his uh identity is um his actual account in his bio is track and field's worst kept secret. Um, so I'm not going to reveal who he is because I don't yeah. know actually the extent to, you know, how public his identity is, but um, yeah, it's uh, about this? kind of would funny. Do you think we'd know him? No, you would no? not. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's fair. That's I don't know if some like pro that just randomly runs this account. Okay, that'd be crazy. <laughs> yeah um yeah. well that's uh that's how um the account do you guys know the running meme page uh heaps good runners uh yes yes i do yeah th- that one is run by like you know a big name pro uh um, really okay that's interesting uh, did you uh, like, meet australian staff no so uh the guy behind no context i haven't actually met him in person but um one of my roommates knows him one of my roommates best friends was um college teammates with him and so through just like overlap and having like several different mutual friends with him uh as well as both working with uh on as a brand right now because i have a support partnership with them for the trials oh heck yeah um and he's been part of promotions for like several of their you know events this past year um but like yeah with talking about that and whatnot he and i became kind of buddies on yeah just on like social media and uh 
next time he comes to flag, we're definitely going to link up on some runs and yeah. That's really, that's really interesting. Uh, well, so also you said that you're, you're partnered with on for the trials. Uh, how did all that happen? How'd that start? Uh, yeah. So, um, they had this program, uh, kind of built around the trials and also built around the release of their new, uh, road racing shoe, uh, this past year where you could apply for it. And if selected, you know, you would receive some support from on in the journey to qualify for the trials. Um, and when that came to me, I actually had already qualified. It was right after my two sixteen. Um, so I got it pretty much automatically and, um, yeah, it started out with them sending me, uh, some free shoes, uh, specifically a couple free pairs of the road racing shoe, the Cloud Boom Echo 3, um, some free socks, a backpack, a hat. And then funny enough, there was actually a little mix up add on that for once the mix up actually worked out in my favor and I got all of that doubled. So I got four free pairs of shoes, two bags, two hats, multiple pairs of socks. Um, And then, yeah, later in the fall, they sent me, you know, some other goodies, um, a like $250 gift card. uh, And then, uh, and like some discount codes. And then as the kind of trials qualifying window ended and they were, you know, advancing it more, um, they, you know, reached out, told me they were, you know, sending like, you know, what, like the next stage of it was going to be and told me they were sending a couple more pairs of the racing shoe, <laughs> um, another $250 gift card, uh, some gear. And then, uh, still waiting on this actually, I think it's all sort of being processed right now, but a thousand dollars for travel and lodging oh, for wow. the trials. That's Heck really yeah. nice. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. So and- is it, Oh, sorry. No, you keep going. Keep going. Well, so then uh, just last week, I was getting ready to head to one of my strength sessions and I opened my door and there are six boxes from on on my uh, front porch. That's so cool. That is awesome. Dude, that's, oh my goodness. So, Every runner's dream. Uh, but oh yeah. <laughs> so is that like who you would uh, be looking to try to partner with uh, if you did get the chance to uh, have sponsorship? Would that be like your your primary uh potentially i have you know a few brands in mind that would be like my kind of you know like top options that i would you know love to sign with in a dream world um i think what kind of sets those brands apart is those are the brands that i would like i would essentially i would potentially take like a lower salary offer than other brands to work with that brand specifically um and because I'm, you know, coming up on, you know, when I would be start trying to, you know, get into those conversations, I uh, don't want to mention any, uh, anything out loud um, That's fair. That's on fair. which brands those would be. Um, but yeah, I've got kind of like a list of like which brands I would just love to work with, you know, absolute dream, like, you know, storybook ending, uh, which brands I would, you know, also love to work with, you know, they might not be like, as attractive to me necessarily but you know if they give me an offer that you know really outdoes you know other brands that they would definitely be out there um so yeah i mean as i when i get into those conversations i think it's really just going to come down to like where i feel like i am prioritized and wanted you know like like i don't want to feel like a brand is like okay i guess you're a good enough runner now here's our base level contract you know, I want to feel like a brand is saying, you know, we want you on our roster. Like, this is what we're going to do for you. Um, which, just on that quick thing, have you guys heard the story of how uh, Nike screwed up the potential to sign uh, Steph Curry? No, I did no, not I hear, about, hear about that. Yeah. <laughs> so when Steph Curry was first going pro, uh, he... Um, yeah, basically, you know, went into Nike on this visit and like very little attention was paid to him. The trip was very lackluster. There was not much going on. And then during like a, in a slideshow during a little, you know, pitch for a contract, they were reusing a slideshow from a different player and had forgotten to change the name on it. 
and Steph and his dad were just like, forget this. And they, they left. And then their next visit was with uh, Under Armour, I believe, who I'm pretty sure Steph Curry is still signed with them. Yeah, I think he is. He went in and they just rolled out the red carpet for him. They were all over him. Like he could tell they wanted him there and he signed with them. And within a few years, if I remember the number correctly, he single-handedly tripled the company's market value. Wow. I mean, those shoes are like amazing too. So yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's crazy. I did not know anything about that. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. (laughs) Is, is culture always something that's been important to you? What's that? Is culture like always something that's kind of been important to you? Like even at college, you know, do you guys have like a good culture with the guys? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, it's tough to really do anything or make any progress, you know, both on the individual front and as a team, if you don't have good culture. Um, a During one year, uh, or like year, year and a half of my college career, there was a period where I was like, where the roster had gotten really small. We had just gotten in pretty much zero recruits. And uh that was also when I had a big jump of improvement and was like by far and away, you know, the highest performing one on the team that year. And I was doing like probably 85, 90% of all my training completely by myself. Uh, And then COVID hit and that got even worse. I was like even more by myself for everything. And that year was weird because I had a massive leap of improvement. I was hitting monster workouts, you know, stuff I never even would have thought I could. And yet then when it came time to race, I was just so out of it. I was so checked out. I, you know, would get through, you know, like in a 5k, I got through two miles on my goal pace and then blew up so bad the last mile that I didn't even PR. And oh, wow. It was like, yeah, when my, uh, this one race, my PR was 1515 and between, yeah, the kind of culture making me feel just like alone and, you know, not backed up as well as some other stuff going on in my life with my mental health. I was not getting very much sleep at all. I think for that 5k, I had gotten like 12 hours of sleep in the past, like 72 hours or something like that. It was awful. And yeah, my goal was to run under 14.30 and I got through two miles on like 14.32 pace and then just had this cramp just explode in my back and I could not even run like in a straight line. Like I was like caving to the side like oh, this. Wow. Oh my gosh. And I don't remember my exact splits, but I think my their final mile was like 5.25, 5.30 something. Like yeah. it was... It was ugly. It was yeah. bad. And yeah. I ended up running like 15, 20 something for the final time. It was no bueno. Yeah. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, mental, I mean, mental health does that. I remember like comment, yeah, like mm-hmm. freshman year, I had a rough go of that, like, you know, just transitioning to everything. Um, and obviously, you don't have to share what that was that you were going through if you don't want to, but like, if you can share, like, you know, how you got through that period of time. Um, you know, and really it could benefit a lot of people. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, so during that time, um, I had recently actually like, you know, in the midst of all the, you know, loneliness and COVID isolation, this and that, um, I had come forward to some friends and family members about, um, childhood sexual assault that I had really avoided processing for a long time. And that was kind of the catalyst that really threw my mental health just completely in the gutter. And um, yeah, it was rough, definitely a very trying time. Um, But, you know, during that time, I also just like, you know, by sheer luck, coincidence, uh, met a couple of different people who ended up becoming like my closest friends in the world. And uh, yeah, one of them in particular, she was like really there for me at a time when no one else really could be. And 
really helped me to you know, remember my self-worth. Um, started seeing an awesome therapist during that time that, you know, really kind of like clicked, like really understood, you know, what I was going through and really, yeah, helped me feel really supported. And, uh, you know, at a certain stage, I kind of, you know, brought my family into what was going on. And, you know, they were, of course, extremely supportive. And yeah, then just like it, it took a few months, you know, but I just kind of really, you know, held in there and just like as I could really start just putting pieces back together. Um, that summer, I went to a totally new place. I because, you know, at school, I was in Iowa. I'm from uh, California originally. And I just felt like while I was, you know, rebuilding myself, I just couldn't be in either of those places. I needed a new environment. And my brother, who lives in Colorado near Boulder, uh, invited me to stay with him that summer. And um, yeah, I went there. That was my first time like living and training at altitude. And I honestly wasn't even training very much. I didn't really have like the mental energy to. I was just focusing on, you know, mental recovery. And you know, as I, yeah, just established that and kind of figured out, you know, the direction of my life a lot more, um, you know, things just started looking up. And then when I came back to school that semester, we had gotten in a ton of super driven, really talented freshman recruits. I think we had a recruiting class of like 15 kids and our, our wow. returning roster was wow. like eight people. Oh, wow. So <laughs> it was... Big jump. It was insane. And, you know, these guys just brought a ton of energy. And I just immediately was like, yes, like, I want to be a leader for these guys. Like, I want, you know, this to go well. And at the same time, I was kind of nervous because I hadn't trained very much. I really was not in very good shape, uh, you know, for myself, relatively speaking. And I was like, I don't know what's going to happen this season. And first race, I ran like a 30-second 8K PR despite wow. feeling absolutely terrible. I was, I felt terrible that day. I was super tired and groggy and I ran a 30 second PR and I'm just like, That's okay, you know, this feels pretty good. Next race, I run another 30 second PR and got like eighth overall in a field that had like four nationally ranked teams. And yeah. I'm just like, I'm like, what's going on? I'm not in shape. Like I am not fit. And yet like, and yeah, what I realized was just my mentality was so much better and just so much more relaxed. And I didn't really care, you know, how good or bad my performance was. I just wanted to, you know, run the race and, you know, have a good time, enjoy that energy and try to, you know, lead by example for my younger teammates. And it just went well. And I ended up winning uh, my conference. I, I got my PR down a full minute uh in that season in total and then we show up to the regional meet and i am like easily in contention to qualify for nationals and i just did not have a great race and one of my like regional rivals who hadn't beaten me in any race in like two years just had the race of his life had like a 35 second pr all right and pushed me out of qualifying by no. one spot oh that is a shame Oh, in the man. final 200 too it was oh. like a half a second difference <laughs> was mm -hmm. yeah but you know even then like like i was saying you know having a really relaxed mentality i could not be mad like that dude ran the race of his life to do that yeah and that's kind of the pure thing about the sport is it doesn't matter how fit you are it's you know whoever's you know ready to fight the hardest and really give it everything on race day is the one who deserves it the most and you know that wasn't me that day. So, mm -hmm. well, yeah, I mean, it seems like your, your mentality towards, uh, towards running just skyrocketed, uh, going into your senior year of college. And I do also want to say, uh, thank you for sharing about all of that. Yeah, uh, like that was mm -hmm. like, we, we do appreciate all that. And no, that's not easy. Um, but mm -hmm. like, what sort of things did you do, uh, to work on the mentality of changing your mentality and like, how do you think, what mentality of change your mentality <laughs> oh yeah sorry, sorry. <laughs> i meant to say like would you work on uh to change your mentality towards the sport uh yeah. and like i mean it must have happened somewhere in colorado mm -hmm. yeah it's funny the the phrasing there of you know mentality to change your mentality it's like it sounds goofy 
but it's kind of it's accurate actually mm-hmm. like it is yeah. you know like that is kind of you know what it is um but uh I don't know. It wasn't so much anything specific so much as just trying to like, just live, you know, I didn't really have any like specific goals in mind. Um, I just wanted to, you know, I just wanted to be better. I just wanted to be a better version of myself. Um, so yeah, I got to a new place. I made new friends. I got a you know job there. Uh, just really started, you know, going through all the motions of, you know, going somewhere new and you know that just gave me a lot of confidence in myself like as a person you know my ability to just keep my head on straight and you know it was and yeah like I wanted to train and become a better runner during that time but uh honestly my relationship with running that season had really gotten torn apart so I wasn't fully into it and during that time I had no idea if I wanted to keep running competitively like Mm-hmm. I figured I'm like, I'll do this, you know, next cross country season just because, you know, like, why not? Why wouldn't I? But after that, I didn't know what was going to happen. And then, yeah, the experience I just kind of briefly described during that cross country season really brought everything back. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. It was still a hard time because my mental health was not great. You know, it was a rebuilding time and you know, I'll, I'll like, you know, freely admit there were, even during that time in Colorado, I was, even though I was, you know, more relaxed and, you know, getting better, there were still days where I just like, just couldn't move. I just like, you know, would not get out of bed, you know, for like most of the day and, you know, didn't really make a meal, just ate like, you know, junk food. And I, you know, I was in a slum, but I think what was important to me was like, not to try to force myself out of that slump so much as just, you know, trying to focus on little things and just, you know, letting it come and as it would. And then when those bad days came along, it was like, you know, you gotta, you gotta live in it for a little bit, you know, gotta experience, you know, the bad gotta like, I don't know. I think even the worst experiences have, you know, value and, trying to you know force your way out of them you know force yourself back into a you know better experience just doesn't really work you know in my mind yeah i completely agree that's really interesting Mm -hmm. yeah i mean that's i mean i'm just you know obviously it sounds like time is also a factor you know time does you know heal all and especially when you Mm -hmm. find a supportive friend group and um you know put those supportive people in your life it, you know, mm-hmm. it becomes all the better. And obviously you get back to campus, there's 15 new recruits and, you know, it does rejuvenate like life yeah. in yeah. the sport a bit more. Uh, I know I love our freshmen. Uh, uh, so, you know, that's, that, that's great. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that that all worked out. Um, yeah. 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 Well, this is, um, honestly, we, we've hit our time. So this is a pretty good place to stop. I think, um, but yeah, Aaron, we do, we've had such a great time talking with you and we, uh, we like could not be happier with this conversation. You know, I hope you've had a good time too. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's, yeah. it's really and cool. I guess before we, we finish, um, we I do have one more question for you. And like, what is, so what is your favorite race that you've had? Like just of all time. Uh, and like, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be your favorite or your, your best race that you've ever ran, but it can be like one that you felt like you, um, you just really enjoyed it the most, like uh, the outcome of it or, you know, like what you were doing in the race. So I've actually, I've been kind of on this one race a bit recently because um, for my Olympic trials bio, you know, they had a little bit asking what your favorite running memory is. Yeah. And what I put down was this race, my freshman year of high school. Um, and I was not very fast my freshman year, <laughs> to put it mildly. Um and in one of the final dual meets, my freshman year in track, uh, I was in an 800 and with a lap to go, this one dude was up ahead of me, had like a 40 meter gap. And I just turned on the jets, closed that gap and got him like in the last 50 meters, got the win. It was, it was either the first or one of the first races I ever won. My, my time was 225. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. And 
I have been chasing that rush, you know, like ever since, you know, like for where I was at in my running career at that point, you know, it meant like even more to me than the OTQ has meant. And right. I, uh, I posted a reel about that on uh, Instagram the other day. And it's, uh, you know, kind of blowing up right now, like getting, you know, traction. And then I got this one comment on it. And some kid commented, bro, you ran 225, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I saw it. I was dying immediately. I'm just like, like, oh, this is wonderful. And several people, like, in the comments, like, replied to him, like, bro, he runs a 216 marathon. What? (laughs) I'm, I'm just cracking up one person told him to stop the negativity and i'm like no bring it give me the negativity i love the haters yeah (laughs) i'm like well that was kind of my thought on it was like you know any anyone can advance you know if you're doing something you're passionate about anyone can advance you know you're legit when you've got haters yeah yeah, we literally said this the other day i think yeah Yeah. we literally said we were like uh, we were in class the other day like the other day it was a couple weeks ago we were in class and like people are arguing in our comments. We're like, I love it. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Go in, yeah. yeah. Absolutely love it. Keep, yeah. Keep arguing. Yeah. Also, the person one, that probably one, was- um, one friend of mine saw the comment, looked it up, and told me, yo, guess what this kid's 5K is? I'm like, what? This kid's a junior in high school with a 1935 5K. You just can't comment I, that. I will, I will never flame someone over slow times, you know, but like, dude, you're, you're giving me, you know, you know, attitude over my freshman year 800 PR in a post about how much I've improved and how much I, like I look back on those races and you're running basically 20 <laughs> minutes for a fa- like, dude, like pick your battles better. Come yeah. on. Like... <laughs> I like that everyone jumps in. Bro, he runs 216 in the marathon. Yeah, yeah for real. Well, it's even funnier is like, I mean, yeah, it is actually a little scary, but like now because it's so easy, but like, you know, someone tries to like, you know, diss you and then someone's like, yeah, like now I know, like we just looked up this person and now we know so much about him. And like, I don't, we could, you could honestly go on there right now and like just absolutely rip this guy apart, but I'm glad you're not. That shows that you're a great person. Yeah. Uh, so you know. nothing wrong with running, you know, sub 20 is fast, but yeah. you know, just don't pick a fight with a mm-hmm. 216 marathon. Yeah. yeah for uh, no, I, I remember when I first ran sub 20, it was like, that was also one of you know, the best moments of my life. Like it was, mm-hmm. I had, uh, I ran 22 minutes as a freshman. Then the following summer, I hopped in a couple of road races and ran like, like 2010, 2009. I remember there was one where I ran like 2006 and I took a wrong turn that cost me like 15 oh, seconds. No. And I was just, and then we get into the season, we hit a 5k course and I run like 1840 and I'm just like, yeah, like yeah, you know, that was that's a huge PR. Oh, that's massive, man. That's yeah, I I do wonder if the course was really three miles, but yeah. who cares? Like, yeah, who cares? Who it cares? Matter. Yeah, it does not matter. Yeah. Even if it was three yeah. miles, you still got it. Yeah. Um. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, okay. This is a great place to stop. Yeah. So, Aaron, man, thank you so much for joining us, and everyone, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. We've had a lot of fun with it, and we will catch you all next time. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to like and subscribe, and we'll catch you all next week.